Welcome to the Superpowers for Good Show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Today's guest, Michelle Goldschlag, is the CEO of Cultured Kids, Inc., a nonprofit organization that complements school programs with empathy and diversity training. She'll also share insights about her superpower, connecting, which she uses to connect people and things to make the world better. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. It's so great to see you. Absolutely, Devin. It's nice to be here. Well, I'm so excited to learn more about Culture Kids. Tell us more about what you're doing there. Sure, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of the metropolitan school districts have very diverse school communities and a huge need for social emotional learning and support and a lack of school counselors. So that's kind of where we come in. We're really trying to unify school communities by creating connections between students and really supporting the identity development individual children need, the empathy development and practice in school, and then also creating that greater sense of belonging while they're at school. It really is important stuff. And I remember, you know, it's my sense, as I recall, my elementary education, I didn't get any of that. Uh, and and I, I wonder to what extent that has left, you know, I don't want to say scars, but, you know, I, I really struggle with empathy. It, it isn't natural. What my natural inclination is, is to be judgmental mm-hmm. and mean-spirited. And I really have to work consciously to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Empathy, empathy, empathy. Put yourself in her shoes before you judge. Um, do you think the training kids get is in elementary school, is that going to last a lifetime? Is that going to be foundational like I hope? Uh, I think that's the goal, right? Like if it's done enough, consistently enough, it's pr- if it's prioritized, you know, in school, like those moments in a child's life are foundational for helping to build the character that they're going to have as an adult. Um, and I even just the sense of belonging along with empathy, like I, I, I am empathizing with you right now because when I was growing up, I didn't, I troubled, you know, I had trouble feeling like I belonged or fit in. Um, so we, every child, like you talk about superpowers, every child has a superpower, right? But they don't necessarily know what that is. They don't know how they could use it, you know, to help make an impact in their school. So empathy is definitely something that, you know, humans innately have, but that we do need to learn and practice. And it's, it's unfortunately, um, not not practiced enough, not taught enough, not, you know, there aren't deliberate moments set aside in schools for thoughtful uh, practice or understanding and empathy. And it's it's really, I mean, it's to no fault, you know, necessarily of anyone in particular, but it's just the way that the the criteria that need to be filled, the academics that are focused on, especially now after the pandemic, I know that a lot of districts are making a huge push to support these social emotional competencies for kids. And, you know, it was needed before, but if the pandemic brought around a greater need now, like we just need to take advantage of it. Yes. There are so many other needs besides empathy that you're addressing. Let's talk a little bit about what has sort of bubbled up during the pandemic that has 
maybe heighten the need for what you're doing, but what are some of the other emotional things that you're helping kids with? Yeah. So I, I think that a large part, especially, you know, with the pandemic and virtual learning, um, you know, I touched on that sense of belonging, but it's really hard to get connection digitally, right? Uh, to feel like you're a part of something, that you're a part of a group, uh, to feel like you have value, right? That you bring something to the group, to the school. So, and the teachers are struggling with the same thing. They they have overload, you know, they're, they're working through a couple years of un founded challenges right now. And uh, it would be super easy to kind of set any of the social emotional like supports aside and really just hammer in and try and get that get these kids who are behind up to speed. But really, if you're not supporting those social emotional needs, kids are not going to succeed academically as well as you want them to. So it's a tough transition. Yeah, yeah. And there are other uh, social problems or, you know, personal issues that kids are facing these days because the economy is so hot and cold right now. You know, we, we really see, frankly, most people are just fine. And it's, it's easy. In fact, some people, the more affluent, are more affluent now than they were two years ago when this all, before this all started, right? The stock market has just been incredible. Uh, the government has been giving out assistance, some of it to, even to very affluent people. And so things have been great. But there are uh, other families, a smaller number, but have been completely devastated. Businesses have failed. Pe- mm-hmm. Parents have lost jobs. All kinds of real serious challenges. And I imagine that's really hitting some families hard and making it, creating a challenge for, for kids. How are you addressing that in your curriculum? Sure. Well, I, I I would love to say that we're deeply connected with all of the parents whose kids we serve, but I'm in the Northern Virginia, D.C. area. The school we're currently working with now have like 700 students. We're working with the you know administration at the school and the educators there and aren't connected with the parents as much. However, I am also a parent, you know, and we understand the challenges that have, you know, occurred over the the past couple of years with the pandemic. And my my hope and my thought is just that the kids that are coming in to the programs that we're providing, that if they're they're struggling through a specific trauma or something that happened at home because of the pandemic, that we're building a safe environment for them to trust others and just share you know because if they keep it all inside then they're not going to get the supports they need and i and cultured kids is not you know our organization hopefully one day we'll be there who knows but our organization is really not geared towards addressing severe trauma for kids we're really focused on unifying schools and creating like connections through commonalities creating safe spaces to facilitate discussion about identity, about empathy and belonging, and to just create, um, yeah, I guess an environment, right, where you want want them to be able to feel like they could talk about those things. Um, Yeah. And we're also, we're, you know, our programs are infrequent. We're not there the entire day. You know, it's a small portion of the day or a small portion of the week. So, I mean, we're solely focused on creating that safe environment to trust and share. Yeah, that's important. I I guess, you know, one of the things that's uh, very different and it's hard for me to 
fully understand, uh, but we're seeing radical changes in my lifetime on uh, gender and sexual identity, right? And and so we see when 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 I was in elementary school, you know, there was nobody uh, who would even have thought about uh, you know uh, trans issues. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't an issue. And yet today, I think even in elementary school, some kids are identifying as trans, right? And so mm-hmm. that requires a whole other conversation that is really complicated mm-hmm. for elementary school kids. Tell us a little bit about how you're helping kids, uh, you know, create that safe place for, for those tough conversations. Yeah, I think that a part of it is um, helping kids to identify some of those strengths or superpowers they have. So regardless of their situation and the things they're dealing with, they have those pieces as foundational. And just to provide an example on this, 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 you know, also, I'm just considering like kids that are going home to a, uh, a family that may be multicultural or, or, um, have a type of culture that doesn't exist in their school as well. But for the, the, for them to be able to just like identify, okay, I have these strengths. I can just stand on these, whether I'm at school, whether I'm at home, whether I'm dealing with, you know, challenges in identity or gender identity or whatever it is, like, what can we give them that's foundational? So we uh, actually provide a Strengths Explorer assessment. We've gotten it from Gallup. But really all it does, 10 to 14-year-olds, you know, who are at this stage of development in, in their life where they're asking a lot of questions, it just identifies, hey, you have these strengths, Okay, so now that cultured kids understands you have those strengths, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your challenges are. Our goal is to help you, you know, identify, understand what those strengths are, learn how to use them to provide a positive impact on the world because you are valuable. You are going to make an impact. But is, if that impact is positive or negative, that's up to you. So uh, I think that a lot, I mean, again, you know, like our niche is very specific in that we are, we are focused highly on those cultural identity pieces. And I I think that you are absolutely right. And that gender identity is something that maybe needs to be prioritized and supported for, you know, like you, you know, like if a student, you know, you may have like signs that a student is questioning their identity and just being able to have a child who can safely come and talk to you or feel like they can safely share and that that person is going to respond with empathy, you know, whether it's another peer or if it's in a, a you know, a school leader or if it's somebody from cultured kids. Um, so like I said, at our future dream, right, you know, like yeah. we have aspired to do more than we're doing now. And that definitely plays a part. You know, we want that identity piece is like so all encompassing and identity is yeah. kids like it's, it's not fixed, right? You know, your life experiences affect your identity as you get older, your choices, whether they be like, you know, religious customs or faiths, you know, all of those things, your choice of partner, your choice of activity, like all of these things play a part in who kids think they are, you know, or who yeah. they believe they are. And we just want them to just be curious about themselves, be curious about others, learn how to be empathetic, you know, and create that safe space for them to talk, you know, to someone to share their concerns, questions, that kind of a thing. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's, 
a profound lesson that you're teaching the kids because there is great data. You know, Gallup is the source of a lot of it, but but uh, great data that suggests that uh, it's very difficult to really make a weakness into a strength. But truly exceptional people have found ways to build on their strengths and mm-hmm. make those strengths truly exceptional, make them into superpowers. Yeah, and and that's where you know, these kids can really learn to flourish and teaching them how to do this at a young age will really help them, I think, yeah. to strengthen it. And that's the premise behind Superpowers for Good, right? Is to, to bring people Absolutely. like you onto the show and say, okay, so Michelle, what is what is your superpower? Oh, you're asking my, my superpower. <laughs> I'm asking you now, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, above all else, probably I'm a connector. Um, and that, I'm very introspective. You know, I'm an introvert. Uh, I really enjoy this one-on-one conversation and the connections that can happen. I want to meet in person. I don't want to meet digitally. Um, But I connect people, whether it's to another person or to a book that I've read or to this, you know, uh, talk that I saw. um, And I want to build that. I want to build those connections. And I want to have genuine, like, deep relationships and deep conversation. And uh, I believe it's possible to have that in schools. You know, I mean, I think... A lot of people think it's unrealistic. Um, you have to have people who want it. And I think that if the administration and education exude, you know, this idea of, okay, we're going to build this, you know, culture of connection and we're going to be able to like entrust each other. And that means that our kids are confident in who they are. They're able to practice and understand what empathy means and they feel like they belong here, you know? So I think just, just, yeah, being a connector. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great superpower. And it it didn't strike me when I started doing this and worked on the book. You know, there are a couple of people that said, you know, connecting was their superpower. And I I have to admit, you know, being the judgmental turd that I am, I was like, ah, that's not a very good superpower. (laughs) But as I began examining uh, the people who are telling me that and, and the context in which they were telling me about and the impact they were having, what I saw is that they were extraordinarily successful. Uh, they were driving real impact in serious ways. And I began to see this is a really powerful superpower. And, you know, it, it probably isn't mine, but I'm trying to be better at being a connector so I can be m- more like Michelle. Uh, <laughs> as you think about it, how do you, can you identify ways that that, connecting superpower has helped you in your work and helped drive some of the impact you're having? Uh, Well, I would say that um, it's kept me from feeling like there's any barrier or wall between me and anybody. It doesn't matter who you are, right? Um, I think, you know, an example, I brought my daughter to uh, the Arlington, Virginia Public Library to listen to Jacqueline Woodson share one of her children's books. Uh, And she's one of my favorite children's book authors. But I brought information about cultured kids with me and I wanted to share, you know, the connection or the impact her work has had on cultured kids and on me and me as a person, too. I think children's literature is for everyone, even adults. I think you can get a lot out of it. But, uh, you know, she was fantastic and wrote me a note back and just thanked me, you know, for the information, even though that's as far as it went. But I I think that just being fearless, you know, um, recognizing that uh, 
you know, you are in strengthened or you are changed by the impact that others can have on you. So pursue that, you know, um, and whoever it is. And I think that the connections that do happen, they're the ones that are meant to happen. Yeah, well, that's a great, a great point. As you think about developing this skill and you look back on, on this, how do you think you, you came to have this uh, ability to, to connect? Uh, well, I'm a middle child of six kids, so um, <laughs> partly circumstantial. <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit, but um, I just remember growing up and and not. I mean, I've always been trying to be the bridge, you know, like trying to make resolve the conflicts. I, you know, another strength of mine is just being restorative, you know, trying to resolve the conflicts, trying to create the connection in my family. Um, I know that whenever I, you know, went and experienced something new going to a new high school, going to college, I, I needed to, to have that connection with somebody to feel grounded, you know, so I would pursue them there too. Um, but I guess I just, you know, I've seen the benefits of that. It's home to me. So um, I just want to help others create those connections and really thrive from them because a lot of times we just, we go it alone, you know, and kids go it alone. And then nobody, nobody needs to go it alone, you know, and everybody needs somebody um, in their corner. Yeah. So. so if you were, and you do, you coach kids all the time. Uh, maybe you haven't thought about this specific question, but how do you coach people to become better connectors, better at connecting with other, other people? Well, going, going back to identifying those strengths is we deliberately create activities where kids are working beside others that have a shared strength. So uh, identifying those areas of commonality, I think is huge. And especially in schools, elementary, middle, even high school, um, though we're not working with high school age group yet, uh, really like that kind of takes the scales off your eyes a bit. If you say, oh, okay, well, this is a, a you know, somebody, other kid in the school who I would never necessarily interact with, they don't seem like a friend or wouldn't be a friend, but then you identify, oh, we have this shared strength or we've had this shared experience. Um, and I would say that's another thing is the literature that we bring into our programs. It's very purposefully chosen. And the goal of the literature is for, for kids to have this sort of external tangible object that they can connect with too. So the the literature we have, the characters in the book, they're generally experiencing a lot of the same challenges that the kids in our programs are. And so we want them to feel like, oh, like, you know, ask questions or have a discussion about the character in the book, but they'll also get something out of it for their own lives at the same time without necessarily having to say that. Um, but, but just even seeing those areas of commonality while reading, like some kids may just agree on something or we all laugh together, right? We are all just laughing at the same time and that creates a connection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That can be profound. That can be profound. Well, Michelle, I really appreciate you coming on the show and taking the time to do this. I know you're busy before you go. I wonder if you would just take a minute and tell people, uh, how they can learn more about Culture Kids, how they can connect with you, whether that's social media or email, whatever you want to share, uh, let us know. 
sure. uh, how people can learn more and connect with you. Yes. So we are, our website is culturedkids.org. Uh, I can be, well, we can be found on Instagram at cultured underscore kids. You could email me, Michelle with two L's and an E at culturedkids.org. Any of those ways. I'm on LinkedIn also, Michelle Goldschlag. So I, I'd love to chat with anybody who's interested in learning more. Fantastic. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time and congratulations and thank you for all the good you're doing in the world, helping these kids deal with the toughest issues and prepare them better for life. So uh, kudos to you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All righty. Let's do some good. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.